Hello, everyone. This is Adam West. Uh, maybe you're thrilled to buy adventures, right, on Batman there? Hmm? My secret true identity, Bruce Wayne, millionaire philanthropist. Anyway, I'm glad to talk to you all and have the privilege of doing the following. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for You're listening to Aerial View Worldwide on the Internet.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, it's a talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. Hello, this is Jackie Mason. Who else would talk like this? You probably say I never did anything for you. I'm going to do something for you now. Buckle up. It's a lot safer that way. Did you feel pain? Did it hurt? 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 Did you feel pain? I was in Mr. Trump's office when his secretary announced there would be a massive dump. Mr. Trump responded by stating to the effect, wouldn't that be great? Is this thing on? It's Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com. That's me, Chris T, here until, uh, well, tonight, an extra special Aerial View. We're going to go a little long. It's the Women of My World edition of Aerial View. It's International Women's Day, and uh, among other things, I'm going to tell you about some of the women who will help me become the, the person I am. You interpret that however you need to. But while interpreting, call 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528 to join us in the studio. The live line into the studio. Again, my number's in Palm Springs, but I'm not. Wasn't that a Blondie song? 760-I-CALL-AV, 760 760- 422-5528. Call Palm Springs. You've always wanted to call Palm Springs. And you got those anytime minutes? Burning a hole in your pocket? Let me try it. All right, we got a call. Last aerial view from John in Toronto. That was a lot of fun. I always like hearing from the Canadians. But really, everyone's welcome to call. Let me tell you what's on the roster for this evening. But first, uh, there was some late-breaking news. But because it pops up on your phone, you already know it. So what's the point, really? Used to be you can go on the radio. Very excited. I have some news. Wait till you hear this. I even had the right thing, the right sound effect for when there was breaking news and needed to bust into the usual programming. And I, I don't know if this says news to you, but this always it always said news to me. This just in. Jesse Smollett has been indicted on 16 felony counts after he said he was a victim in a racist homophobic attack. See, now that sounds like breaking news, but you already knew that because it popped up on your phone, too, minutes ago. That news is 16 minutes old, which means in this world that in which we now live, it's, it's ancient. It's elderly news. 
16 minutes ago. Who cares, right? But the upside down update is first on the roster, and that's usually not news. It's something that uh, reminds me how we're living in the upside down. And the upside down update this week, it has to be about the documentary that was aired on Sunday and Monday night on HBO called Leaving Neverland. And um, you've probably heard about it. Maybe you've even seen it. Uh, Oprah did After Neverland. (laughs) The show where she sat down with the two, I don't know, is molesties a word? That sounds like the guy that would have lived in the neighborhood where Abbott and Costello lived. Hey, Mr. Molesties, how are you? I'm fine, bud. How are you? It sounds like it's probably not the right thing to call these two men, grown-ass men who got up and said, Hey, Michael Jackson, he liked to have sex with me. He wanted me to kiss him. (laughs) He bought me a ring. He... He wrote vows for us for a faux wedding. I was seven. Oh, man. It's really fascinating. It's fascinating, and it it made me wonder again what you do about the tarnished artist. That's what I've been calling them. A tainted artist is good, too, but I, I think tarnished... It's a little hard to say. Tarnished artist. He's a tarnished artist. But now with the news that they're going full Cosby on Michael Jackson, they've deleted the Simpsons episode that he was part of. They're taking down statues and museums. Canadian radio stations are banning his music. We are confronted once again with this art slash artist dichotomy. If you now believe, or you always believe, that Michael Jackson was a pedophile preying on a succession of young boys, can you you still enjoy I Want You Back, or Beat It, or Thriller? Or is everything he produced now tainted? I mean, that's... That's a question you have to ask yourself. And one I find my asking, my asking myself increasingly. I keep asking myself that same question. Do I throw out the baby with the bathwater? Do I throw out the art with the artist? Can I get rid of the art and keep the artist? Or is that not possible? If you've ever faced this dilemma, I would love to speak with you. This is Aerial View on the HoundNYC.com. Every Sunday at 3 p.m., a new Hound Howl, followed by Crash in the Party, a new one every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, replays throughout the week, and then Aerial View, live Fridays at 6 p.m. or near enough to it. And then it replays on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. And then it becomes a podcast. And all that information is on the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash View. 
where if you uh, go there now, you'll see a picture of my grandmother and my aunt. And I'm going to talk a little bit later about the, the women in my world, the women of my world, women who helped me get to where I am today. But Michael Jackson, I'm thinking, okay, this this isn't the same thing with Bill Cosby, right? Bill Cosby, how many times are you going to listen to a Bill Cosby record? How many times are you going to listen to the routine where he goes and puts a snowball in the freezer and he waits and he waits and he waits to throw it at his brother? Okay, so how many times can you listen to that? His comedy, it had a shelf life. When we started finding out these horrible things about Bill Cosby, nobody was really thinking all that much about him. But Michael Jackson, by virtue of being played constantly on the radio, by virtue of just how big he was, he's eternal. But it got me thinking, have have I ever kicked an artist to the curb because of something they did? Have I ever said, okay, I can't accept the artist, I can't accept the art. Neither one of them. And then I realized I had. I had cut an artist out of my life, and recently as well. And the artist's art as well. Because that's really, I think, the horns of the dilemma. As I said earlier, do you throw the baby out with the bathwater? Do you get rid of the art as well as the artist? And in my case, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I even had a choice. So I, I'm talking about Louis C.K. I was in awe of Louis C.K., his talent, the persona he created, the one he put on screen, and uh, the way he told his stories and his show. And I even paid to watch Horace and Pete I was laid up recuperating. And I decided to uh, to binge it. But I, I can't... I, I wouldn't do that now. I couldn't do that now. I can't see Louis C.K. or his art in the same way ever again. Which raises another question. Not only have you ever thrown out an... An artist's art, along with the artist, is it possible to be redeemed any longer in the eyes of society? In the age that we now live in, the upside down that we're now living in, can you, is there still redemption unless... Because the only way, the only way I, th- I can think that uh, you might have a shot at it these days, after something horrible is revealed about you, and everybody's like, oh my god, ew... born-again Christian. That's about it. If Louis C.K. is willing to go the born-again route, he might still be able to do something about his shattered career. But I don't know. Maybe you're in a more forgiving mood. But man, try forgiving Michael Jackson for what he did. After you see these four hours of these two victims of of long sexual abuse by an adult who they trusted who they loved 
and the wreckage that it's created in their lives, the ripples from what they went through, it's kind of horrifying to think. I can never hear Ben, the two of us. Dan, 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 dan. I'm going to hear Ben. I'm going to start throwing up in my mouth. What a shame. Goddamn shame. Throw all that art out. All that music out. What do we do? Do we start emptying out the museums, the record libraries, the Netflix queues, until every artist passes moral muster? Is that what we do? That's going to be difficult. How do you do that? Won't be anything less left to look at, to listen to, to enjoy. Ugh, men. It's always men, isn't it? Although I was reading today about um, a German couple that, uh, that where the mother was just this horrible, horrible abuser of her own child. Even sexually abuse your own child. The people in Germany are up in arms about it because of the, you know, the motherhood is cherished everywhere. What kind of mother would do those things? Oh my God. Facilitating her boyfriend's contact with little girls, mentally and physically disabled little girls. I mean, come on. And then. Also greasing, that's not the right expression, forgive me. Not greasing the skids, but you know what I mean. Uh, Grooming is what they called it in the Oprah special after Neverland. Grooming. Michael Jackson apparently was really good at grooming his victims. Because uh, he was, you know, once they got to be uh, too old for him, and too old was like 13, you know. (laughs) I guess the onset of puberty... He was like, no, I'll find another willing seven-year-old whose family will offer up their child for me to consume. Oh, it's so evil. But, you know, I resist labeling things good or evil because I think what that does is um, it puts things in the realm of... uh, religion and myth and some kind of otherworldly thing when I think that people are pretty awful all on their own. Hey, Roger. Roger, the cat engineer is here. What is that? What is it, Rog? You testing levels? Come here. All right. Doing a live show here, Rog. Come on now. I left the door open just so you wouldn't cry outside the door. The number here is 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. Give a call, and we'll figure out if the uh, damn phone lines are even working. Oh, look, the teletype's still going.
Oh, yeah. Well, you probably heard all that because I didn't lower my mic. But uh, trying to get Roger situated, you know, because otherwise he'll jump all over the desk. He'll jump all over my all over my desktop radio station. This is the Hound NYC Chris T on Aerial View. The number here is 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. And I promise you I will not play any Michael Jackson tonight. Ugh. It's going to be difficult. I did enjoy it so. But it's like, it's like he's died in a way. Well, he did die. He died in a very real way. But you know what I mean. He lived in our hearts, in our in our ear holes. And now, now he really is dead. Now we can't listen to his music. Uh, maybe you feel differently. I don't know. Give a call. Let me know. 760-422-5528. 760-422-5528. That is in Palm Springs. I'm not there, but my number is. And uh, the Facebook, it's facebook.com slash call aerial view. And uh, right there on my my personal page, <laughs> you can see Roger the Cat Engineer. And uh, speaking of cats, my Aunt Isabel holding a black cat in a front yard in Florida circa 19, I don't know, 49. And then another picture of my aunt is and my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, who are two of the women I'm going to be talking about tonight. But before we move on from this tarnished artist discussion, let's go check and see what people are saying on Facebook. Barb says, uh, I'll still bust a move every time I hear Billie Jean. Thank you, Barb. Uh, Kat says, Louis C.K. is dead to me now. The routine with regard to Parkland finalized it. I was patient. No more. I added the no more. Sorry. Abby says, I was sitting in the airport when a Michael Jackson song came on. Made me think the same thing. I really think we all knew what he was. Hmm. That's possible. Jane, former uh, schoolmate of mine. High schoolmate. I think she's in Italy. Living in Italy. Would love to go to Italy someday. Such a difficult question and so topical, but one I've been asking myself since the accusations about Woody Allen surfaced, which made, which made me think about the older accusations about Roman Polanski. I've never kicked an artist and thereby their art to the curb, but I have mixed feelings about not having done so. This is what Jane wrote, by the way. First of all, we have the innocent till proven guilty, he said, she said aspects. Then the different degrees of guilt. Aziz Ansari versus Bill Cosby, for example. But I also believe there were, there's more removal from, let's say, a film director versus a comedian's work. She really thought about this, Jane. A comedian's routine is, as you said, topical, but also direct to the audience in the moment. A painting, a film, etc. are more removed Music is a whole other thing. As one of your friends said, you can never hear the music the same way it's tainted. Actors, as in Kevin Spacey, are acting as someone else. If they're really good at it, theoretically, it shouldn't 
taint the performance, right? But there's theory and reality. Huh. Looking forward to your show. I was too. Look at that. You'll have to listen to it after the fact. It's too late in Rome to listen to it, apparently. Uh, Amy says, I don't know. I, I still sat through the un- the usual suspects and uh, because I love that film. Woody Allen didn't do anything. That horse needs to die already. Okay, she does. She doesn't believe the Woody Allen accusations. Okay, that's fine. You can do that. Number here is uh, 760. I call AV, 760-422-5528. Live line into the studio. And uh, Phil. Phil says, I have the luxury of having never loved a musician who has been accused of heinous crimes. Yes, I enjoyed Michael Jackson's music, but was never crazy about it. To never hear another Michael Jackson song would not bother me. I Boy, he wrote a lot, too. I, I click read more, and there's like another chapter. I have gone through periods of being obsessed with, in chronological order, the Beatles, Talking Heads, XTC, Nirvana, and Louis Prima, none of whom have ever molested a child or killed anyone, or as far as I know. I don't count suicide. I never loved rap. Who asked? I didn't ask, Phil. I'm sure part of my turnoff has been the negative aspect associated with much of it. I once asked a colleague about her love for rap. Her response was something like, if I stopped listening to artists who were convicted of crimes, I wouldn't have much left to listen to. The only artist I could think of who I was never head over heels about, who was convicted of heinous crimes, is Bill Cosby. This this is working out well for you, Phil. I can't say whether or not I'd enjoyed listening to his comedy albums. I listened to them. Or watching his shows today, I haven't had the opportunity. Would I hear them the same way? Certainly not. Would I condone the banning of every from you touch? No, but I wouldn't protest it. Boy, Phil has a need to be heard. Phil, I hear you, man. And here's how I answered Phil. I said, ahem. Jimmy Page dated a 14-year-old. I'm sure if you dig deep enough, you'll find many of your fave rock stars were involved with underage girls. I should have said girls and boys. Even Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley dated like a 14-year-old. Elvis. Priscilla Presley was 14. When he met her, he, he had a stash or he had to hide her away until she became of age. She was jailbait. San Quentin Quail, as you heard earlier here on thehoundnyc.com. And uh, this show will go until 7.10 tonight. So it got started a little late. And in just a bit, we celebrate International Women's Day. We're talking about the, the women of my world. The, one, the ones who helped me grow up. Let's just say. And much like the HUAC hearings in the 1950s, I will name names! Where was I? All right, so this is what Phil says to my thing about Jimmy Page. Never loved Jimmy Page or Frankie Valley. All right, good for you, Phil. Try again, Chris. I'm not saying I'm the ultimate creep meter, but I think there is some instinct involved. So Phil is saying, essentially, I can tell. Who's a pedophile and a creep and a no-good Nick? I could tell. Man, Julie weighed in. What rockers of the 50s, 60s, and 70s didn't hook up with 14-year-olds? I'm just wild about 14. That Wasn't that a line? From, uh, was that the line from Donovan? 
<laughs> I hope I got that right. Priscilla, Julia Holcomb. You'll have no records if you use that as a test. Uh, Phil thinks that was okay then, I think. That's true. That was fine then. And then Jerry Lee Lewis gets mentioned. Yeah, let's not forget. There's much more there on my personal Facebook page. Um, Natalie said an awful lot, and it really boils down to her struggling with it. She's struggling with the question. I mean, look at all the people who have left the Catholic Church, right? Struggling with the question. I mean, sexual abuse of children is uh, it's devastating to the children themselves, to their families. The toll it takes. I know. I don't know if it could be estimated. And I only put it that way because I don't know if I could pronounce it inestimable. I almost got it. This is Aerial View on the houndnyc.com. Number here is 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. Oh, yeah. Well, I know it's going to be the cold snap is hanging around for a little bit longer. But if you have a fireplace in your house, don't burn your Michael Jackson records in it. It's probably not a good idea. That that burning vinyl or poly or whatever it is. I don't know. It's a petroleum product, isn't it? Ugh. I really hate, by the way, that that's the word for records now. People can't just say records. Why don't you bring some vinyl over to the house? I don't know what you... What? I, I, I'm i going to show up with a piece of vinyl. Someone ever says that to me? Just go get a piece of vinyl. Like a pool liner. Something. You said to bring over some vinyl. I, why didn't you just ask me to bring over some records? What the hell's wrong with you? So there, yes, before I leave it behind entirely, I got to tell you what W. Earl Brown said on this topic. And I'm very excited because I read an article with Ian McShane today, interview in the New York Times, the Deadpool movie, uh, Deadpool, Deadwood movie, pardon me. The Deadwood movie will be out shortly, although I would pay to see a mashup between Deadwood and Deadpool. That could probably be a lot of fun. Uh, W. Earl Brown, who um, played Dan Doherty, and uh, pound for pound, one of the finest actors working in Hollywood today, and I do mean working, he pops up in everything. You'll be watching a show and you go, isn't that W. Earl Brown? Uh, sure enough, he was in, uh, I think, the third episode, fourth episode of Rectify, which we started watching recently on the Netflix and, uh, and and he's he's the goat man. Shows up in a pickup truck, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I wrote to Earl. I said, "Hey, Earl, are you going to be in any more episodes of Rectify?" He said, "No, nope, just the one. I'm like the one and done guy." And it's true. W. Earl is like a I don't know. 
I, I was going to say the Timothy Carey of his generation, but I don't think Timothy Carey worked as much as Earl did, or does, I should say. But he said, uh, you will take my PYT cassette single when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. I never thought. Never mind. Yeah, see? Pretty young thing, see? It's kind of horrifying now. It's, it's, it's bad when you recontextualize things, I'm telling you. Sometimes it's good, like, you know, that mashup I mentioned of Deadpool and Deadwood. Recontextualize. Uh, but this is bad. This is re- bad recontextualization. And then there's a few more comments in there as well, but people struggling, wrestling, Oh, now I just pictured MJ, Michael Jackson, wrestling with some young boy. Oh, God almighty. How perverse. How do you become so perverse? What was done to that guy? Oh, my God. I have no idea. But that's my uh, boy. I only got the one thing on the roster. Upside down. Update. I want to talk about clouds. Not in the Joni Mitchell sense. But in the sense of uh, how it might worsen climate change if we ha- if the clouds start going away. But I'm going to save that. What do you say? And uh, I was going to do a rant about robot replacement. But, you know, I'll table that as well. Be back and do it next Friday. Or, you know, I might do a live show on Tuesday and replay it on Friday. I might do that because I have a thing on Friday. Either way. I will keep you informed at facebook.com slash call Aerial View. This is Aerial View. I'm Chris T. Here on the houndmyc.com. And the number in Palm Springs is 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. It's a mid-century modern phone number. So today is International Women's Day, and I was thinking how I might say something about it and uh, what I should say about it and whether I should say anything about it. I mean, come on. This is one of those things where you feel like if I don't say anything about it, I'm going to be perceived as not caring. And if I do say something about it, it's going to be trite probably. People are going to think it's trite. So, so your face, but should I be trite or seen as not caring? Which is worse? Not that you should think about how everything looks. That's that's not what it's that's not what it's about. So then I thought about because people were putting up these things about the women that mattered to them. And there was a lot of famous women, which is fine. I know the, isn't the 100th anniversary of suffragettism coming up? 
I probably just made that word up, like molestee. They made it up earlier. It's quite possible. And you might want to put up your Susan B. Anthony's. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. You go. Girl or boy or gender non-binary person. Whoever you are. Nominating. Susan B. Anthony to celebrate today on the social media for International Women's Day. That's fine, but I want to make it a little more personal. You know, one of the things I always enjoyed about doing Aerial View was, was making it personal. Being able to get on the air, talk about something personal, and not shy away from it because I knew deep down that everybody was feeling, if not the same way, had had a similar experience. That we weren't alone in all of this crap. And sometimes it took somebody saying, I'll go first. Here's what happened to me. Here's what I went through. Is it me? Is a question I always like to ask. So I thought of the women who meant something to me. And I came up with this. And... Uh, I know there are women I'm sure I left out. Um, and I want to thank everyone. Oh, this is so much like an acceptance speech. This is great. <laughs> you know, I, I, I won this contest not that long ago. I did, a, I did some, some reading. I did a reading. And... Um, at this story slam contest, and I and I won the story slam, and uh, and they gave me a prize, and I I'll tell you I still don't know how to use the prize. <laughs> it's a it's I it it really just matters that I won it. That's all that matters. It was nice to have won it. But let me just give my acceptance speech here. Now, um, I'm not sure that I celebrated International Women's Day correctly. Maybe I got this all wrong. I don't know. But I do, I did think that it was time to thank the women who helped me grow up. Made me the person that I am. And I don't really know how I would have turned out without these people. Even one of them, how things might have been different. Uh, but the first woman I'd like to thank is uh, my friend Doris. I met Doris in 1986 at my first job in New Jersey. I worked at an inbound telemarketing center in Dumont by the traffic circle. I was living in Tenafly. I just left home, moved out for the first time, moved to New Jersey. Um, I had a little bit of money from a lawsuit after a checker cab rear-ended me in uh, Queens, Long Island City, Jackson Avenue. And uh, But I needed a job, and I found this job at this inbound telemarketing place. We did uh, inbound telemarketing for, I, I think it was Bamberger's and Lillian Vernon Catalog and 
The biggest client was the New York Times. I don't know who handles the New York Times stuff now. I have no idea. But I met Doris. She was a supervisor. Her son, Andy, was my age. She had a daughter, Judy, as well, my age. We all became friends. I spent many hours at their house in Waldwick, New Jersey, after work, hanging out, eating, drinking. Doris brought about a political awakening in me. Helped me see exactly how the powerful lord their money and influence over the rest of us. She opened my eyes to how things really work. And... She gave me a 1979 Jeep Wagoneer when I was in desperate need of a vehicle. She wasn't driving it. She said, you want it? Take it. And uh, I, used to, I used to break back windows on this car all the time because there wasn't a frame around the back window. You know, the one that goes up and down automatically. And uh, the tailgate window. And you would close the tailgate the wrong way and the thing would just shatter. And luckily enough, the way it broke, it would all be contained within the tailgate. Like all the little bits, the crumbly bits of glass. And then you would have to open up the tailgate and empty it out. and Get yourself hooked up with a big piece of cardboard so you can get to the junkyard and get another back window. I drove that thing for years and years. It was a lovely two-tone blue. Light blue on the top and dark blue on the bottom. Sometimes I wish I still had it. Quadra track, four wheel drive, crappy gas mileage. Thank you, Doris. Doris has a fierce intellect. I still talk to her on the phone. She's still sharp as a tack as she enters her 80th year. Happy early birthday. Uh, celebrating International Women's Day with the women of my world, Chris T on Aerial View on the houndnyc.com. New Aerial View every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Replays Tuesdays at 6 p.m. On Sunday, a brand new Hound Howl at 3 p.m. And Crashing the Party with Mark and Miriam. The doo-wop chop shop of the air at 5 p.m. every Sunday. And then Vintage Hound Shows at other times. TheHoundNYC.com. There's also a blog there. Go and look at the blog. Next on my list, because I'm going alphabetically, is uh, my grandmother, Evelyn. We called her Nana. She was my maternal grandmother, came from Malta in the 30s, moved out to Copag on Long Island in the 40s. My grandmother was a very talented woman, good at handcraft. She ran a ceramic studio in her basement. I remember going down there and seeing all the, the women gathered around the table working on their ceramics. She had two, two kilns. In her basement. She did bobbin lace, award-winning bobbin lace. And she could uh, sew a beautiful garment. She was a wonderful seamstress. She had a Maltese accent all of her life, which sometimes embarrassed me as a kid. Remember in the Howard Johnsons, they didn't understand her when she ordered a glass of orange juice. She could become angry with you but for the most part she loved me unconditionally bought me my first two electric guitars the K that came from a crappy music store inside the Roosevelt Field Mall on Long Island bought it with the amp for $99 it was shaped like an SG 
with a bolt-on neck as opposed to a glued-in neck. What a piece of crap, that guitar. It was a joke. It was a toy is what it was. And the amp, too. But I played that damn thing. I don't know how. And then later on, 13th, 14th birthday, she hooked me up with an Ibanez 2350 in white. Les Paul copy. I don't know why I picked the white one. It might have been cheaper than the Sunburst one. Kind of wanted the Sunburst one, but I ended up with the white guitar, and that's the guitar I used. When we recorded uh, the Nihilistics, and I played it on stage many, many times, that guitar was in all of those crappy New York clubs at one point or another in the early 80s. Came from my grandma. The best thing about her was her house was always a refuge. You can go over. You could watch the Adams Family on the 19-inch Sylvania. You could get a really good hamburger once she started cooking. There was always ginger ale on hand. And you could hang out. Stay away from the madness back at home. She also worked in, in uh, Grumman. During the war. She worked at Grumman and Bethpage. You know. Rosie the Riveter. And that's where she met the next woman on my list. My Aunt Isabel. My shrink once asked. Who made your childhood bearable? And the first words out of my mouth were. My Aunt Isabel. Followed quickly by my grandmother. But I just talked about my grandmother. My Aunt Is. As we called her. She always had time for me. She always listened. She drove me wherever I needed to go. She smoked Paul Mall. She drank Ballantine beer. She ate butter, pecan ice cream, and Heath bars. If she was frustrated with you, she wouldn't make eye contact. She'd speak to the space above your head. I remember asking her, what are you looking at up there? Is claimed to have run moonshine in Florida when she was a teenager. She would always say, I had the cutest little pearl-handled revolver. They would load the hooch into the rumble seat. And because she was fresh-faced and innocent-looking, cops would let her go. Later in life, she wore her hair short. I never saw her in a skirt or a dress. She wore... Man-tailored clothes, and if I knew what butch meant back then, I would have figured it out sooner. I don't remember when I was finally told or found out that Aunt Is was not actually related to us. She'd been around my family since she met my grandmother at Grumman. My grandparents apparently had an empty room when one of my uncles went off to college or wherever. And they rented it to her. And she never left. When my grandfather died in the early 50s, she stayed on. And my grandmother and Aunt Is continued to live together for the next 40 years until my grandmother died. And we used to joke all the time. They're like an old married couple, you know. And then I remember when we were going to the funeral... When my grandmother passed away, my aunt is, I was, I was riding in the back of this Cadillac with her. She grabbed me by my arm. She said, you know, I loved your grandmother. 
And I said, I know, Is. We all loved my grandmother. She said, no, I loved your grandmother. And I just thought, huh? But uh, I consider myself lucky that I got to tell Ann Is what she meant to me before she died. She was a steady, good-natured presence who, among other achievements, helped wire up the control panel of the lunar module. I'm not sure you could have had Apollo 11 without my Aunt Isabel. And without her and my grandmother, my childhood would have been much harder. It's International Women's Day. I'm going through uh, the women of my world. A list of the women who helped me grow up. Made me what I am today. <laughs> uh, we got 10 minutes left in the program. Let's uh, stay right here, you and I. And uh, if you want to join us, the number here, the live line of the studio, 20, it's, I almost did it again, 760. I call AV, 760-422-5528. 760-422-5528 is the number here. Oh, yeah. And then next on my list, alphabetically, is my mother, Joan. My mother had an excellent sense of humor. She loved having a good time, liked to get together and play some poker. Took me to Mel Brooks movies. Hey, we got a phone call. Let's see if this is any good. Hello, welcome to the air. You're on the air. Hey, Chris. Hey. Guess who this is? Um, this sounds like my friend yeah. Melissa. Yes. I am I am a sort of a woman in your life or you know, around the peripheries of it. So right. I maybe it would be appropriate to call, um, if not inappropriate. But um I uh I was just I didn't I didn't hear your whole show but um because I was driving home and uh, there was a little um, slightly germane uh, item on NPR about how thing about parody and women's work and, and men's jobs. And apparently over the last, I don't know what it is, decade, men have taken on eight minutes more per day of the um, you know, caretaking work that usually falls to women. And they said at that rate, in 200 years, men and women will finally be working, you know, the same amount of time. So, you know, that's something to think about. Oh, my God. Wow. That's that's quite <laughs> just shocking. Enough, just another 200 years, man. I'm hanging on, hanging on. Well, you know, um, they can hopefully in another 30 or 40 years take all your memories, put them on a silicon chip and upload them to a robot. So you really never will die. And then 200 years from now, you'll be earning the same. So just hang in there. Which is basically nothing. 
Yeah. So I yeah. wish I could. Ha- I had something more to add. Um, I know. I know. But who do you think of on International Women's Day? I mean, if you were to think of personal women in your personal life who personally helped you. Oh, my gosh. So you can't say women. Susan B. Anthony. Yeah, no. Huh. That's so funny. Why can't I think of... I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, I was thinking of my Aunt Daphne, Daphne and what a cool, incredible person she is. How she broke out of some a lot of the sickness that, that you know sort of is moldy throughout my family um i mean you know the the i'm talking about the emotional kind of sickness and um and somehow or other she just took those tentacles and said you know off me off me and she's made her own life and we all love her and admire her for it she's uh She's a fun-loving gal. Is she still with so. us? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's oh. my my recently deceased mother's little sister. Oh, okay. So. so maybe this would be a good day to call her if you haven't called her already and said, "Hey, it's International Women's Day. Here's to us broads." That's yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great idea. People sure. should phone the the, the the women in their lives who change things for them. And you just mentioned uh, a lot of people who really did in some very interesting ways. Well, I mentioned three. I got three more to go, but thanks for the call. It's good to hear from you. Oh, yeah. And okay. We'll talk. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Thanks for being we- part of uh, International Women's Day. And I think I cut her off halfway through that last sentence. Sorry about that. we got about six minutes left, and I want to make sure I get to these other three names on the list. This is Ariel View on TheHoundNYC.com. And I was talking about my mother, Joan. Um, she was really good. She went out and got a job after my parents' divorce, and she was good about making sure there was a roof over our heads and the bills were paid and the clothes were on our backs and the food was in our stomachs. I know because she told us. Again and again. So thanks, Mom, for the roof and the clothes and the food. Unfortunately, my mother, after my parents' divorce, she she opened up a bottle of Majorska vodka, and uh, I don't think the cap went back on for many, many years. And uh, a significant part of my growing up my childhood, my adolescence into puberty, whichever direction they go in, was her and her boyfriend, Justin, in the front room of our house, the living room, yelling and screaming at each other all night while getting sloshed on screwdrivers and vodka tonics. Vodka was the first real alcohol I ever snuck. Sure, I would have a sip of champagne at a holiday party with the family, But vodka was the first time I drank something I thought, oh, the point of this is to get wasted. It tastes like fuel for a bad time, is what it tastes like. And, you know, I I never really thought about or reckoned with or asked myself what it meant to have a mom that was uh, in the bottle for many years. And I know if my sister were listening... My brother, too, they would totally disagree. 
with my characterization. But, you know, they were out of the house a lot while I was there at home on a Friday night, Saturday night, no money, nowhere to go, no vehicle. And I would try to stay in my room and listen to my physical graffiti, turn the speakers up, and there would come a point when the Tom Jones record in the living room would go to the next track. And in that, I don't know how many seconds, she would hear the music coming from my room and come and pound on my door. Turn that shit down! So here's something I stumbled across about the traits of adult children of alcoholics. They guess at what normal is. They have difficulty in following a project through from beginning to end. They lie when it would be just as easy to tell the truth. They judge themselves without mercy. They have difficulty having fun. They take themselves very seriously. They have difficulty with intimate relationships. They overreact to changes over which they have no control. They constantly seek approval and affirmation. They feel that they are different from other people. They're either super responsible or super irresponsible. They are extremely loyal, even in the face of evidence that loyalty is undeserved. They tend to lock themselves into a course of action without giving serious consideration to alternative behaviors or possible consequences. Now, except for lie, when it would be just as easy to tell the truth, it's surprising how much of that resonates with me. I try not to lie. It's always easier to tell the truth, as Judge Judy says, then you don't need a good memory. But as I grapple with my past, I survey the damage I've caused in my own life, alienating friends, walking away from supportive communities, etc. Due to some of the traits I just mentioned, I'm confronted once again with my mother's drinking and how it continues to affect me. I'm working on it. Before we run out of road, uh, let me tell you these uh, two women still on the list. Sheila, my shrink, she came into my life at a crucial time. She led me away from the shoals when I was in definite danger of becoming permanently shipwrecked. I'd still be seeing her twice a month if not for her dementia. She no longer knows who I am. I cried when I learned that news. And then finally, Sweet Tea, my wife. I'm not sure how things would have turned out for me if we hadn't met. She's taught me what true love is and how to be kind and patient. I know I'll be okay as long as we face the world together. She's a brilliant artist, a steadying presence, funny and cute as can be. The fact that she puts up with me is a minor miracle, and it tells me that I can't be all bad. Happy International Women's Day. This is Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com. A new hound howl Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Crashing the party, the doo-wop chop shop of the air with Mark and Miriam. Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, replays throughout the week, vintage hound shows otherwise. And uh, Air Review will replay on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and then it'll become a podcast. Details are available on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash call Aerial View. You can call the phone number, speaking of calling, in Palm Springs anytime and leave a message, 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. This is Jackie Mason reminding you to take your belongings. You don't have to take them, but if you want to, it's up to you. By the way, ask for a receipt. Take it, ask them, don't be ashamed.